Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine here. This week, we're sitting down with Lori Eldred. She is a LMSW clinical out of Michigan. And this conversation is really important because we all need to know how to interview, but we're rarely ever taught this. You have to purposely seek out this specific type of training, or you can learn the long and hard way and just go on a bunch of interviews and fail. So we don't want that for you. We don't want the latter, right? This is going to be one of those preventative or even brush up on your skills. If you have happened to gone to a bunch of interviews and failed, we're going to talk with Lori and she's going to give us five ways that we can show up to our interview with confidence, which confidence is very important as in it presenting yourself in general, because if you're showing up to an interview unconfident in unconfident, is that a word? I don't know, not confident in your skills, then that's going to put doubts in the minds of the interviewers. So Lori does this all the time. She is interviewing social workers for community mental health all the time. So she really has great insight into what interviewers are looking for and how we need to show up and present ourselves and prepare for the interview. Yes, interviews take a lot of preparation, my friends, but it is worth it. I promise you. So she's going to give us five tips on really just how to do that efficiently and confidently and I'm really excited for you to listen in because if you have been on in an interview and it's completely bombing, it is a terrible feeling, terrible. So we want to prevent that from ever happening to you or ever happening again. So we're going to take a short break, listen to this ad from our sponsor, The Rise Directory, and then we're going to hop right into our conversation with Lori Eldred. This episode is proudly brought to you by the RISE Directory, a national directory of clinical supervisors who are dedicated to helping the next generation of clinical social workers grow in their clinical skills. The link is in the show notes. Check it out and tell every clinical supervisor you know about this directory. Hello, Lori. I am so excited to talk with you today about some interview tips for new social workers, social workers transitioning to a different job. I'm excited because this is a topic that we just can never get too much of. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being here. 
Um, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what do you do? Yes, thank you for having me on. Um, my name is Lori Eldred. I'm a social worker out of Michigan. So currently I work, do a couple of different things, but I'm working um, community mental health in the county I live with or live in. And I teach a class on the side at the master's level. And then I do some private practice work. So I'm probably like typical social workers having multiple jobs and multiple things going on. So um, that's what I'm doing currently. And I also have a side little side business called Justice Social Worker, where I sell um, products, gifts for social workers. How fun. Yeah, I got your little um, the name tag holder and people on my mm-hmm. Instagram said, oh my gosh, where do I get this from? It's so cute. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so it's a little the- side thing. Yeah, it's so fun. And the link is in the show notes too, if you want to check out her shop as well. Um, So you have a little bit of everything. Community mental health is a really big area, especially for new social workers. So I'm excited to get your perspective because you, you hire and fire people. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I do. So I'm a supervisor for a program called care management within um, the, the community mental health that I work at. So yeah, I am hiring Um, and firing or letting people go, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. That has to be a really hard part of the job, I'd imagine. It is. It is just, especially when you hire somebody and you see the potential and just all their skills, but maybe they're not a right fit or they're kind of doing some things to sabotage themselves. So that's very sad, very hard at times. Um, Not a part of the job I enjoy at all when you're just like, I have to let you go. Like this isn't working or, you know, trying to problem solve when people are struggling is hard. Um, Cause you get attached to the people that you work with. Sure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I imagine you hired them. So you want them to succeed. Um, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, it is kind of like a, I don't know, it's maybe a little ego thing where you're like, I hired this person. <laughs> like I thought they were fabulous at the interview. And then it's like, it's not the best fit or maybe they didn't have the skills or kind of, you know, didn't portray themselves in maybe the most accurate way. So maybe a little egos in there too, (laughs) when you hire them. So let's talk about how we ace this interview. I'm Mm -hmm. curious to know what kind of tips you have for people who are uh, maybe fresh out of grad school, even going into internship interviews. I know we have to do that or just Mm -hmm. looking to transition out of their current job into you know, into a new dip role, especially within community mental health. Um, so what would you say as, you know, as your top five tips? Yeah. So my first tip, like first kind of right off the bat would just be to be prepared, like to do your research. Um, I just doing the hiring and then now teaching a class that's a master's level. And that's the, the students are just those students getting ready to graduate. Just be prepared. Like, you know, I think kind of like when we do get a new case and we do like a case review and a case assessment, like just know, like know about the agency, know about the field of work generally, you know, if you can connect with somebody that's maybe done the work, like worked for the agency or in a similar agency, um, or just Google or get on a website, just, I think knowing what the organization's like mission statement is, like what their service population is, kind of the general activities they're doing would be my number one. Yeah, that's a good tip because I remember being asked a couple of times in different interviews, what's your understanding of this position or this organization? 
Mm -hmm. Um, So that would definitely help with that first question. Yeah. Yeah. And what, and our first, usually one of the first interview questions that we ask um, is kind of why, why did you apply? Like, why did you apply for this position or what drew you to this position? Why do you want to work for our particular agency? So that's usually like off, off jump. (laughs) That's the first question that gets asked. So it's good to know something about the agency. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. What is tip number two? So tip number two would be to give examples. So come, come with examples, not just all the things that you've done right or like wonderfully that kind of wonderfully worked their themselves out, but even come with like tips on things that maybe you didn't do well, things that maybe you made a mistake on or failed at, but what you learned from that. So I think that's also important because yeah, I, I love as a hiring manager to hear like all the wonderful things you're doing, but I also like to hear when you're made a mistake, but what you've done from it, like how you've grown, how you've learned from it, what you took away from it. Um, for me, that's just important to see that growth and even the acknowledgement that like I made a mistake, I'm human and I learned from it. Yeah. Cause that's such an important part of being a social worker. Cause we're, it's impossible yeah. to know everything about yeah. everyone yeah. or every system. So mm-hmm. being humble and being able to ask for help is definitely a strength and and I've heard this as a as a a barrier for a lot of clinical supervisors is that the social workers that are new to the job they want to be seen as professional as knowing everything mm-hmm. but they don't you know it, it's mm-hmm. just part of the job um, but they don't ask for help or they're not honest yeah. um, or they're not being authentic with with their coworkers or with the clients or their supervisor. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen that. And I think, you know, those are some of the softer skills. Like, yeah, it's great if you know how to do CBT, motivational interviewing, Um, you know, you have that strengths-based perspective. But I also think it's good that you can roll with a mistake. You can ask for help. You can, if you don't understand something, ask questions. Yeah, because as a hiring manager, I don't expect you to know like the ins and outs of the agency, but I'm hoping that if you don't know, you ask and that if you have a mistake, you do something wrong, that you come to me as a supervisor and say, okay, this happened. This is what I thought. This wasn't what happened, but like, what do I do next? Um, I, I tend to have a, a lot of respect if you just don't know, and you want some extra help or support, especially if you're just coming out of like a master's program. I don't think there's an expectation you should know everything and have it all nailed down just on day one. That's good. That takes a lot of, just you saying that takes a lot of pressure off a lot of people, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Cause I just, and two, I remember when I started my first job. So, you know, having that supervisor that was like, you're going to grow and learn and that's okay. And you'll make mistakes and that's okay too. Yeah. It's good. Mm -hmm. And that is the one of the quality traits of a good supervisor, someone who is supportive and, um, Mm -hmm. and able to help and guide you as opposed to, you know, on the other spectrum where they're not. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I've definitely had those both experiences. I've had those great supervisors that I'm like, okay, I just, I did this wrong or I'm not sure. or I think I've got the answer, but let me problem solve it or process it with you. And then I've had those ones that I'm like, I'm not telling you anything I've ever done wrong because I know it's not it'll get used against you. I mean, unfortunately we've had that, you know, I think lots of us have had that experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. What would be your third tip? 
So my third one would be just to bring your personality. So I know interviews and especially when you're at this level tend to be very professional. They tend to be, people are nervous and, and, you know, wanting to put your like best foot forward. But I think it's also good to have just your personality. So I, when I interview, I always try to throw in a fun question to get more of that, like personality, just, you know, your humor, like, you know, how you're able to roll with things, like kind of how you see yourself, just even some of the fun, quirky things about you. I usually ask one of my favorite questions is always like, if what's your favorite cookie? And then how does that describe you as a person? And I always think that I get a lot of laughs. I think it's a fun question because people are so used to this like serious, like boom, boom, boom question. And then they get a little thrown off. And I kind of like to see how people roll with that. But it's also, I've had such amazing like responses. It's been, it's been so funny and like genuine how people answer. Yeah, that's awesome. Cause it's one of those interview questions that is not posted anywhere to prepare for. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> no, it's not. That's why I like to like throw it in there. Cause I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good surprise. But it's also, I think after having all the serious questions, it kind of just eases into, you know, do you have questions? Do you, um, I think it's kind of a good transition. Yeah. What would you think of an interviewee who asked that of you when you say, oh, do you have any questions for me? And they asked me that. Yeah. Um, I would be like, heck yeah. I, and I've had, and I definitely, I have got, I love cookies. So I, I'm like, oh, I can rattle that off the top of my head. Um, I did actually have an interview and this was recent. And I said, well, do you have any other questions? And he's like, well, what do you think of my shirt? <laughs> and then actually it was like, I was like, that's good. And it was, it was, a, it was, the shirt was fine. It was, it was just really funny. Like I liked that because that was something you don't typically get. And it didn't show a little bit of his personality. Um, just asking that kind of fun, more informal question. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So before we get mm-hmm. to number four, what kind of cookie would you be? And what does that say about your personality? Oh yeah. Um, so ooh, I had, I would say a, probably a monster, like one of those monster cookies. that's got like M&Ms and chocolate chips and like raisins because I feel like that's, I'm a little bit of everything. Like I have experience in a lot of areas. I like kind of a multiple different things. And it's like, you get all these cool, like yummy tastes and stuff like that with it. So, and plus usually you make them pretty big. So I like big cookies. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, all right. So we have number one, be prepared, do your research, talk to people, Uh, Number two, bring examples of the good work that you've done and also the examples of the challenges you've overcome and how you've learned and grown from those. Mm -hmm. Number three is bring your personality. Don't be scared to let it shine through. Um, Bring up some humor if you can. And what is number four? So number four is um, a little bit of a tie-in to I think a couple of the other ones is bringing that willingness to learn a willingness to, if you don't know something, a willingness to understand it, figure it out. Um, Humbleness. I think some of those softer skills are so nice to see when I interview people, because I know that you're not as a social worker, as you know, a clinician and whatever level, you're not going to understand how to work with every single population. 
And so if you have that willingness to learn, to grow, to, to understand that population, to do the trainings, to do anything that you need to be kind of that best clinician, I love seeing that in a new candidate. I love seeing that in a new employee because that willingness to grow just tells me that they'll be a great, a great fit for the team because so much stuff can be taught, but some of that other humbleness, willing to learn, to grow are sometimes harder skills to teach and to get people to see how beneficial they can be. Yeah. And I can see how that'd be helpful and important because social services is always changing. There's always some Mm -hmm. new rule, some new law coming in, some Mm -hmm. new policy that if you have those people who are very like stringent and don't like change and like, wow, this is BS, mm-hmm. then it's going to be hard mm-hmm. to work with that, yeah. um, which I've had some colleagues and, and I'm thinking to myself, like, it's, it's really not, you just send an extra email. I don't know why it's such a big deal, mm-hmm. but some people yeah. are like change stresses them out so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we think about like a, you know, you get a job description on a position. I mean, it's, it's very broad. It's, you know, it's made very broad for a reason, just to give you an overview and then to work on the more specific stuff. And it is that, you know, broad list of skills and actions that you'll probably be doing in the job, but there's also that specific stuff that you, you learn when you get into the position and into the role. And you're absolutely right. If you're in social services, like community mental health, I mean, you work at like any level, things change constantly, rules, funding requirements. You know, if you're in a grant funded program, all that changes, funding can go away. And so there has to be a lot of that flexibility and just willing to kind of roll with it. Yeah, definitely. Being humble, being able to show up and problem solve. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. And what is your uh, fifth tip? So my fifth tip would be ask questions. Always, always, always come to an interview with a couple questions. If I would say one to two, you know, two max, I think sometimes the more, the better. Um, I think that says to me as a hiring manager, you've done some research, you've looked at the job posting. Um, maybe you've talked to people done, you know, some informal networking or connection, like your invested, you're interested, you want to know more, you're thinking about the position, thinking about how you would fit into the position, what skills and talents you could bring. Um, It's also a good time, like if you do have additional skills and talents that maybe didn't come out during the job interview, to talk about those too. Um, So, you know, I've, I've had folks talk to me about, you know, they had additional language skills that I didn't wasn't able to ask about, or the question didn't prompt them to ask, or they've talked about volunteer experiences. So um, I think those are just really important to ask questions. Yeah, I had one interview that I went on and I asked, it must have been, I don't know, three or four questions that I asked her and she responded like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm being interviewed. I've never had someone (laughs) be so interested in me. (laughs) Mm And I got the job, <laughs> so there, it worked out. See, there you go. It worked. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've had folks ask really great questions like, what are you looking for in a team member? Um, you know, what is it? What are some of, I think I've even had like, what are some of the things that, you know, I've done well in the interview or what do you see as my, some of my strengths, you know, is there, do you have feedback for me in areas of growth? Um, I always appreciate too, any follow-up 
So after you've done the interview and if I've had to say, no, we're going with another candidate, I've had folks ask questions even then. And I always appreciate that too, if they want feedback. Um, Cause then that's like, okay, they are invested. They're wanting, they're invested in the, being a social worker, understanding, growing, learning, and um, interviews are hard. Cause it's like the short amount of time to like sell yourself and, and you don't know the person. It can be awkward, uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially, I mean, I feel like the panel interviews are the worst because there's mm -hmm. all these people just staring at you and they're, they can be really intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those are and we do, fortunately, unfortunately, that's, we do group interviews, but we're because of the pandemic doing everything virtually. So then you have this like added um, barrier of like, now I'm trying to show off my personality, but doing it virtually and trying to come across as like, kind of personable, easy to get along with or engage with. But, you know, sometimes we have technical glitches and that's happened. Like somebody can't get their screen to come on or they keep freezing. And so they have to turn their camera off. And so like, then there's this other extra that you're trying to add into the interview along with the panel and then telling yourself. And it's, it's hard to do that stuff right now. The virtual interviews are hard and, um, but still we've had really great interviews. So I appreciate the people that show up and try. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I love all the tips. Uh, let's see. Do you think that when we're talking about our experiences, do you feel that personal experience should be integrated in there or should we just keep it like strictly professional experience? Um, I think that would, I would probably very closely look through the job description. So I know in our particular job description and our agency philosophy, um, it very much encourages lived experience, personal experience. Um, we encourage folks with personal and lived experience to apply um, even at that clinical, you know, a therapist, case manager level, even management level. So the social work part of me says, yes, I think that's super important. I don't think we can ever like, you know, completely distance or like disconnect from our personal selves. Um, I think it, it, it's just a careful walk because some agencies very much encourage that and they will live that. I feel like our agency really lives that. Some agencies say they will live that and they don't. And unfortunately you could get dinged for it. Um, but I know I always appreciate lived experience, you know, just being candid and open about it. I don't need to know all the details. I don't need to know kind of every personal thing, but just being very candid. And we've had people share in a very like appropriate way. My dad has, you know, or I have had when I was younger, I had mental health issues or substance use issues, but, you know, and then they'll say, I'm in recovery. These are kind of a couple of things I've done. And I always appreciate that. I have a tremendous amount of respect for people that do that. Cause I know as a social worker, it's not easy to share that because of that professional self-development. And so I think some messaging we get. Right. Yeah. I know when I went on some interviews, my interviews were mostly with older adult type of settings. And I would always mention, I just have a passion for older adults because I was raised by my grandmother and they seem to, um, to like that. But I also had to emphasize like the boundaries and the professionalism. Like I understand mm -hmm. it's not my grandmother, <laughs> mm -hmm. so I'm not going to be giving mm -hmm. her a ride home if that's not allowed type thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, 
And then I was thrown off because another interview asked me, it was for a, um, it was for a domestic violence, um, like shelter type of thing. And they hired me because I had family, like a history of addiction in my family. And I was so thrown off when they asked her like, oh, do you have any personal experience with this? And I was like, with like drugs? What, I, is this a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> right? You're like, uh, how much do I disclose here? <laughs> yeah, it was just awkward to, you know, talk about my family dynamics in an interview because I was just so thrown off by it. But so yeah. good point. Just be prepared for anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're presenting, I think too, I mean, depends on a lot of it's, you know, how you present it. I think, like I said earlier, you know, if you're saying, Hey, this was a struggle or I have family history or, you know, I was in the foster care system, but you know, this is what I've done since then. I think to me, that gives a sense of you've done the work and some of that. And really we all have histories. We all have lived experience in some level. And if you I think can demonstrate in some way you've done some work. I think that can be beneficial if you're going to share that lived experience. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What has been the most impressive action someone has, has taken or shown or demonstrated that was able to land them the job? Oh, this is a good one. I know I saw that question. I was like, Oh, the the shirt one was good although he didn't get the job oh <laughs> it's just a good question it was just a great question um I would say you know I hired somebody recently she's starting on her team pretty soon um and I didn't I think what impressed me the most about her and why and I had a couple other candidates we had like top four we had four people and we really like went back and forth and she she's new BSW um, doesn't have a ton of experience, but man, she was just like, you know, I don't, you, you know, I don't have a ton of experience. I do have these skills that I can transfer, but she was like, and I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to do the research. I'm willing to read. I'm willing to figure that out. I'm willing to ask questions. Um, and she had some like technical glitches, like, cause it was a virtual one and she really rolled with it. And she's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> had some humor about it, like showed personality. Um, and I would say that probably has been like the one that has stood out to me the most because of that eagerness of that, like genuine, like honesty, like, yeah, I don't, you know, I can't say that, you know, as a BSW, I have all of this experience I mean, she just graduated, but you know, here's how I can compensate. And I think that was pretty impressive for me. Um, I did have another person who, yeah, she, it, it turned almost like into this, her interviewing us and just asked a ton of great questions. Um, and so that was kind of an, an impressive, and I had said to her, she wasn't a, the fit for the program, but I was like, oh, you would be such a good fit for the agency. Um, but she was great, like was very prepared, great at questions, talked to personal experience, had great boundaries. So those two are the ones I think that stand out the most for me. Um, I know it's kind of hard when you're doing virtual stuff to get super creative. I did beat people's dogs in some okay. interviews. <laughs> so somebody I had an interview with, he had a huge, like great Dane and oh gosh, well, he had another very large dog and he got, we got to meet him and I was like, well, that's kind of cool. You always meet everybody's like kids and their pets when they do work, when we're doing virtual stuff. So that was kind of cute. Yeah. Awesome. So basically they hit all of your five points. 
time during right. the interview. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, you got my five. Yeah. You get my five. You get my vote type thing. Yeah. 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 But I love these because they're so applicable to literally any setting you're going to any interview you're going to, you should always be prepared, bring examples, show your personality, um, show a willingness to grow and learn and ask questions of the interviewer. So I think that it's, it's pretty well, well-rounded to any setting that you're going into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think so too, just, and I think it's a good attitude, you know, even, you know, the interview just isn't the end all be all like there is then, you know, you get into the job. And so it is good to come, you know, to be prepared to ask questions. If you don't know something to, you know, if if your supervisor isn't available, you have somebody you can like consult with and, um, you know, show even with clients, I think it is super healthy if we're like, Hey, this, you know, I don't know this answer, but I will figure this out and I'll come back to you. Or, you know, I I think I might've made a mistake you know, in something I said or something I did, and I'm sorry. And, you know, how can we repair that? I think some of that humility just shows that you're human, that we're not any better, any worse than the folks that we're working with. And like, we all have things that we need to work on and grow on. Definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Lori, for your time. I love these interview tips. Is there anything else that you feel is important that we didn't cover today? No, I think that's it. I mean, I think, um, you know, there are going to be in the next couple of months, like people graduating, um, you know, with their master's in social work, we have a, a where I'm at in Michigan, we have a huge need for social workers um, at the BSW and MSW level. So like, if you're, you know, not sure if you'd be a good fit, I would still say apply, you know, get, you know, have somebody review your resume, cover letter, um, somebody that will give you honest like feedback, um, and really just, you know, take the risk and apply for that job. If you don't think that you maybe you're a hundred percent fit, but definitely be prepared and show how like some of the skills that you have for maybe other experiences or your internship can easily translate into that position. Um, because I know managers, if you can make a good case, they'll, they will hire you even if you don't have a ton of experience. So definitely take the risk. Okay. That's, that's encouraging. Cause I know people mm-hmm. get discouraged when they say, Oh, I don't have one to three years experience yet. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah. don't get hung up on that part is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I really think, you know, to add just one more piece is do some of that kind of informal networking, you know, reaching out, talking to people who work in the agency or have worked maybe recently in the agency, get their feedback, like talk to a couple different people. Um, you know, just be willing to learn and understand the agency and know the good stuff as well as the bad, because every agency has areas they need to grow into. And so know kind of what you're getting into. Yeah, definitely. And podcast episodes like this help. I did Mm -hmm. another episode on, uh, on medical social work and people said that it was really helpful before they went into the interview because they were able to really kind of speak to the different tasks and the duties and the skills needed for that Mm -hmm. particular position. So um, yeah, it just speaks to what you're saying about do your research in any way that you can. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure YouTube has a bunch of videos too with Mm -hmm. social workers, so. Yeah, well, and there's like, usually there's a ton of Facebook groups. So like, that's always a great way to get information. If you have a local, like um, NASW or just a local, like we have a couple of them where I live, 
social work, mental health groups that you can jump into. And that's always a great place to, hey, I'm interviewing here. I'm thinking about this. Anybody work there? Anybody have experience? Even if they don't work at that agency, like maybe they have medical or experience in community mental health. And, um, you know, just most of us social workers like to help each other. So just ask questions and Definitely. just get some more awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Social workers are always ready to help other people. <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes a little too much, but you know, we, we always do like to help and, you know, give, you know, give a hand up to, to somebody else. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Lori. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I know it's super helpful for people. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Lori Eldred. She has a website, justasocialworker.com, where she has all of her services listed. And you can even shop for really cool social work merchandise if you're looking for a gift for yourself or a gift for a new grad or your professor. Definitely check it out. Social Workers Rise also has some merchandise, some teas and sweaters and coffee mugs. Really cute if you're looking to shop. Also, if you are feeling a little iffy on your clinical skills and you want to brush those up before you start a new job, and this is especially true if you are going for a community mental health position or a direct clinical position for the first time, or you're within a year of graduating or have graduated with your MSW, then I highly recommend checking out the Clinical Essentials for the Future Therapist course. This is going to guide you through the entire therapeutic process with clients, give you tools on how to do this confidently and effectively. It's meant to be used in conjunction with clinical supervision. So definitely check that out. The link is in the show notes and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you loved it, please open up your iTunes Tap the five stars and leave a short note on why you love listening to the Social Workers Rise podcast. Also, if you want to share it on social media, I absolutely love it. You have me fangirling all over you. Take a screenshot and share it and tag me at Social Workers Rise on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, just want to leave a little bit of legal disclosure here that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in the Social Workers Rise podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done so at your own risk. This podcast should not be used in place of professional advice, therapy, or clinical supervision. And with that, my friends, I'll talk to you next week.